Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on! From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Ghost reporting for duty here on a Sunday night for your Monday delivery. Excited to talk to you about last night's great UFC 275 card. That's right, I said great because it finished with a bang. Yeah, the early fights had some no-names or lesser-named fighters, but still, there was plenty of action, lots of uh, subs and, and knockouts and just slobber-knocker moments. It was really, really cool, but again, it ended so strong that's just the feeling, man, the buzz that I've been carrying over for the last 24 hours. Thank you so much to all of you that tuned in to our UFC 275 watch-along. I know we struggled at times trying to sync up and stuff, first time in remote spots and battling through COVID. I think we pulled it off. So, uh, again, thanks to all those who tuned in. Thank you for all of you that share and spread the word so that more people can tune into those watch-alongs. We definitely hope to be with you for UFC 276. All right, no interviews today. We're going to go straight, man. We're just going to talk about the latest news. News and of course, break down and unpack UFC 275. It's MMA Junkie Radio for your Monday, June 13th delivery. Where do you want to go, Goes? Right at the top, main event, all the way down, or you want to go feature co main and main? Man, that's a good question. I think I'm chomping at the bit to start at the top. Okay. Glover Teixeira attempted to defend his UFC light, light heavyweight title versus Yuri Prochaska. He was on his way, folks, to having his first title defense. And I always think about, about the money implications. His next title defense, he would have had those pay-per-view points. Oh, he was so close with 30 seconds left. Approximately, Yuri Prochaska locked in a choke and submitted Glover Teixeira, that's right, submitted. Jiri submitted Glover. It was the craziest fight. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It went back and forth. Kudos to both guys because they had great moments, memorable moments, but they also had some low fighter IQ moments, and that's why it went back and forth. In the end, Jiri Prochaska just dug a little deeper than Glover Teixeira. He's your new UFC light uh, heavyweight champion. And, again, had Teixeira hung on to those 30 seconds. He was up 3-1 on two judges' scorecards. He was not going to lose lose a decision. Even if Prochaska in those last 30 seconds mauls Teixeira, and Teixeira saved by the bell, it's still only a 10-8. It would have been a draw on those two judges' scorecards, and uh, it, it wouldn't have mattered because um, the champion goes home with the belt in the event of a draw. So... I mean, huge, huge mistake for Glover Teixeira. Great fight. Goes, what were your thoughts? I think that's like uh, 
at least in my top five ever favorite fights. That was just a great fight. The back and forth, um, just moments where you felt like that fight could end. And then both fighters kind of like just not really capitalizing on certain moments. It just made for such a good fight, all the sweeps. It got sloppy at times, but I mean, not every fight's going to be technical. You know, it was fun, but it was a great, great fight. I think of the two, um, Glover is probably going to be pretty pissed off when he goes back and watches it. But if they were to rematch right away, I feel like we're just kind of in the same boat. Like, I don't know that either guy is going to be that much better or learn that much. They were, they both fought pretty well and they both had things go their way at certain moments in the fight. It just came down to one guy, uh, capitalized on one mistake and, and made Glover pay for it. He sure did. And <laughs> let me tell you, Glover at times was striking brilliantly. Yuri at times was striking brilliantly. There was also times when Yuri was striking sloppily or just sloppy. And that's not acceptable out of Yuri because that's his strength. And there was times when Glover was a little sloppy, but no biggie. That's not his biggest strength. Therefore, when he was actually cooking and doing great stuff, wow, like that really complemented his his uh, ground game. He was able to get Yuri Prochaska down. A couple times they just stumbled and fell and he pounced on them or he knocked them down. And so he didn't always need to just go to his wrestling. But when he wanted to get Yuri down, it seemed like he could get Yuri down and then looked like he was pretty damn effective. Again, he took two, three, one scores into the fourth round, one, two, two. But either way, when round five started, I thought Glover was fresher, less damaged, and more he had that momentum. And then he throws this big right goes. I mean, he stole on his jaw. It's the epitome on, like, if somebody were to go, man, you know, you're at a bar and somebody goes, he stole on his jaw. And let's just say you're the biggest square in the world, and you go, what does that mean? He could honestly just point to that to that highlight and go, well, you know, it's just when you walk up on someone and bam, you know. I mean, he stole on his jaw, knocked him down. Oh, no, no, no. He knocked him back. I remember he heard him, and Jiri would be against the fence, and I thought if Glover just would have been precise, calculated, measured, pick any of those words, not like a flurry of punches or anything, I think he could have just timed it, and boom, it would have been the kill shot. It would have been over. He did that twice, goes, where he went to the fence, tried the takedown, let the other guy recover, found himself in a pickle, they get back, same position, boom, stole on his jaw again, r- rinse and repeat. I mean, he had so many opportunities in round five to just end it if he wanted to, either submis- submission or uh, or punching him. But the submissions, to Jerry Prochaska's credit, he actually grappled great. Remember how I said Glover grappled great and we weren't, or uh, was striking great and we weren't really expecting that to happen as much against Jerry. Well, Jerry actually had some great moments of grappling. Of course, we'll get to the end fight ending sequence because there was no bigger moment than that. But no, actually, Jerry Prochaska, he actually went into uh, Glover's guard the first round, and he had some great, great ground and pound. I mean, he had Glover Teixeira wobbled, 
He was not scared to do it. A couple times he realized, uh-oh, I'm playing with fire, and he actually had Glover stand back up. Like I say, there was some moments of brilliance. And for sure, this fight was so great that all those moments of brilliance will definitely overshadow some of the donkey moments that they both had. But I think Glover will be the first to tell you when he's back in Connecticut, Danbury, Connecticut, and he's watching the fight, he's going to go, I'm someone. He 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 was that close. Goes 30 seconds. He keeps the title. He's champ. Bring on the next guy. Pay-per-view points. Let's do it in Brazil. Let's do the Samba. Oh, did he blow it, man. He did. <clears throat> I mean, it, it was a tough fight, um, but he had his moments. He really did. He had things go his way, and um, I personally had him winning going into that round as well. I, I thought that he had won. I thought I thought there were moments where it seemed like Yuri would would be able to turn the tide a little bit, but just ran out of time. It was such a fun fight when you think about it. it was just all the back and forth and. And all that, like even watching it as a fan, I'm not so sure you'd even want to score it. You just want to sit back and watch and the chaos that ensued. And, and you got to remember too, this is a card that everybody said, yours included. This is not uh, one of the best cards we've seen, but a lot of times those are the ones that steal the show, and they did it again. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I was careful to say was, look, top to bottom, this ain't a great card. It's super top heavy. There's no way you can complain about two title fights. It doesn't matter if the if the number one guy like Conor McGregor or whatever the, the the pay-per-view stars aren't there. They're champs. Right? And if they're champs and you have some quality contenders, you can have some great fights. The stakes are high. There's no it's gonna be hard for those to be duds. That said, um the bot like I say, the bot we even lost Cop and Bonterin. I thought that was gonna be great. Flyweights usually deliver, so they lost that one. And uh, but still, I don't fault the UFC because the UFC still was able to go, hey, chill. You got two title fights. You want a Yin check versus Zhang Wei Li, uh, fight of the year in 2020. Shut the fuck up for the pay per view. They had every right to say that. They had every right to say that and say, and doesn't the UFC usually provide something on the, in the prelims? Yes. So there was no excuse not to get this one. Um, but, uh, you know, star power, ranked fighters, I guess that part, man, if you're really, really picky, then I suppose you could, you know, come back at me and go, no, nah, man, I like seeing the stars and the trash talkers. All right, I guess I can't tick every box. But, man, this main event was up there. Goes, you know, you said it's maybe one of the top five fights you've ever seen as far as entertainment, and I, I, I'm, I'm with you. You know, this could go in the Hall of Fame, bro. Like, the way John Jones and... and um. Glover Teixeira, uh, Alexander Gustafson went the first time. This reminded me of that. I mean, one of the, the biggest uh, tells, I guess you could say, is Dana White. You know, if you look at his reaction and the way he reacts to a fight, you could tell he loved this fight. Everyone loved this fight. I think it's it's for sure it's a shoe-in Hall of Fame. Yeah, something like 2030. I mean, there's so many other fights that they got to give that award too because honestly there's tons of great fights every year but mark my words this one will go in the hall of fame so yuri prashaska and glover Teixeira will have that kind of recognition one way or another i don't know yuri prashaska might be champ for the next 10 years and just do it on his own merit but uh that's not easy to do just ask glover Teixeira. no title defenses just like rashad evans just like force griffin there's a lot of fighters that have won the title no title defenses conor mcgregor no title defenses you know, it happens quite often, actually. At Eddie Alvarez, no title defenses. Um, 
So it doesn't mean, I mean, look, just reaching the pinnacle is amazing, right? But once we start going to stars, superstars, legends, icons, this, that, goats, Rushmore's, Hall of Famers, you start, the, the separation starts, you know, and there's certain little things that a lot of people look at that they gravitate to when they look at resumes. One of those is title defenses. So we'll see. His career's not over. Maybe he comes up, ties it, and now becomes champ. Maybe he has a couple a couple title defenses, and, and maybe we'll be able to go, hey, you know, Glover was one of the best light heavyweights ever. That would be fair. Um, But like I say, he, he was so close, bro. He was so close. Um, well, it's also come from someone that bled on to bet on to Shara, and you know I have them underdogs, man. So I, I I could have cashed a couple parlays. We were this close. I guess one of the first questions we got to ask coming out of a situation like this is, what do you do next? Does Glover to Shara deserve an immediate rematch? Uh, do you want a fresh matchup? What What are you looking at as far as what you think should happen next? Okay, that fight was worthy of a rematch because not because Glover had a long reign. Hell, I don't even know that it was a huge pay-per-view thing, uh, pay-per-view seller or anything like that. It was just such a classic fight that Dana White can say, the fans loved it. They've been bugging me left and right. I give the fans what they want. End of story. Brazil's a big country. UFC wants to get back to Brazil, and something like that over there would be tremendous. I think a lot of people really became Glover and Giri fans after this fight. That said, they also have a pretty decent light heavyweight named Jan Blahovich, who's coming off a win over Alexander Rakic. I know it ended with injury, but still, he's a former champ, pretty well liked, and I'm thinking... Poland and Czech Republic, when I look at the map, I know they're really, really close. You know, I don't know if they have some sort of a history with soccer or, or you know, the, the two countries themselves or whatever, but maybe that end of the world could benefit from uh, from something, you know, uh, perhaps. I don't know. Um, so you could do it. Now that said goes, man. Jiri's, you know, he's way younger than Glover by, I can't remember his age, but at least by 10 years probably. And um, I'd want Glover to maybe sit out till, unless he fought in December, I, I think early 2023. Whereas Jiri might be able to go a little bit sooner, you know what I mean? And if that's the case, then maybe Glover could just get the winner based off the fact that he has beaten Jan. So if Jan wins, they can run it back. But if Yuri wins. Well, hey, we got to run back this great fight, a la Joanna Yunjaychik and Zhang Weili. I mean, there was really no reason for them to fight again, but they did. So they could do that. You cannot run the risk of missing out on this rematch. So a couple things you have to take in consideration is Glover's up there in age. Uh, you have no idea how many more of these he has left in him. And if you make him fight someone else, Glover's just notorious for taking damage in fights. And I don't know how many more times he's going to want to go through that with his family, you know, the trauma that comes from it. How many times going into fights do when we're breaking down who could be next, do we say, unless that fight's a barn burner and you got to run it back, well, this is it. 
This is the fucking barn burner. This is what we're talking about. I think Lever to share it should get an immediate rematch. Uh, I, I think a lot of factors go into it. Some of them are business. And then some of them are just, you know, you, you just don't want to miss out on not ever doing this again. I think now is the time to do it. Yeah. I mean, like I say, if they did it, I wouldn't be too bummed. I have no alliances with John Blahovich. By the way, Yuri Prashaska's 29, Glover's 42. Um, but if they were to say, hey, Glover, you just sit on the side and you get the winner of Jan versus Yuri. So you don't have to risk losing or taking damage. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that again. Um, you know, I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head the Czech Republic and Poland, kind of like a Ireland and England. You know, you, 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 you hear about certain countries that kind of have a rivalry and you go, oh, this would be great. You know, Argentina and England as well. They had that thing over the, the Falkland Islands, you know, one back in the 80s. So certain countries, sometimes New Zealand and Australia, they probably butted heads from, you know, in, in rugby. Um, right. But uh, off the top of my head, I, I don't know if Czech Republic and Poland uh, have that. Uh, if they do and there's a one of the two cities could host it, you know, great. Let's not forget there's a war that's somewhat close by. Um, but... I don't know. And again, I'm just giving you the possibilities, but I'm kind of open to everything, to tell you the truth. But you would agree that, Jan, let's just say Jan wins that fight. Jan and Glover is not as enticing as Yuri and Glover, a rematch of a great fight, right? No, I think it is. I think it's capable of it because um, really? Jan, well, Jan's a knockout artist, you know? and, and um, I, Huh? But it... I, I mean, they already fought. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, I, I, Jan doesn't suck, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I think they're capable of giving a good one. They might have a dud, but they might have a good one too. And if they fight and if, and if it just doesn't work out, then I guess it just doesn't work out. I'll give you an example. By Connor and Nate not fighting, which we're all waiting for part three, right? Because the first two were classics. But mm-hmm. by them not somehow tangling it up, somehow someone came up with the idea of, Hey, how about Connor versus Dustin? Which nobody said we gotta have the next one. Connor clearly beat him at UFC 178 in 2014. So nobody was going, when are they gonna run it back? Nobody could care less. And then all of a sudden, the way the world works, they're mixing it up. They next thing you know, it's one-one. And so now we, you know, we go to this other fight, and now we have two. Well, Connor was always a star, but now we have Dustin Poirier, who's become a a star from you know, a situation like that. So, you know, like I say, if the fighters are willing, I'm open to all of them. I'm open to all of them. I'm not hating on any scenario. I, I think he needs a, a rematch. I think age just has a lot lot to do with it. And I would hate to uh, to miss out on that opportunity, business-wise. And as a fan, to be honest. If they do it, I, I'm okay to the rematch. I just don't like to do uh, rematches... When they, I mean, man, they, they they both need to recover a little bit. I mean, they were fucked up, dude. They were both. Oh, yeah. I, no, I'm, I'm six from both of them. But sometimes the UFC comes crawling with some money, and they might lean on Geary because of his age to go sooner than Glover might be ready to go. Who knows? I think you know? he called it perfect. I think, like, November, December time would be perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, all right. The Coleman event, talking about no title defenses with Glover, Valentina had six going in to her fight versus Talia Santos. 
Valentina now has seven. She eked out a decision over Talia Santos. She got booed. A lot of the crowd felt Talia Santos won because a lot of people felt like Talia Santos could even be up 3 nothing going into the fourth round. But we knew it could be 2-1, 3-nothing. Um, it could be a lot of things, honestly. You just don't know. In the end, the judges awarded the decision to Valentina Shishenko. And um, Talia Santos was not too disappointed. She was more concerned about the broken orbital bone that she had. It was a split decision. One judge did have it for uh, Talia Santos. So it was really, really a close call. But, um, I mean, where do we start here? Th- this was, She was a big, big favorite against Talia Santos. I love patting myself on the back, but only for a moment. Like, you know, it's not something I do every day in my life. But the one thing I said goes was, Talia Santos can crack. She's young. And even though she had only fought a couple times in the UFC, I kept saying there's going to be a moment. I just feel like there's going to be a moment because of her explosion. Now, I'm also going to be a straight shooter, goes. I thought there'd be a moment with the hands. You know, not that, I mean, she hit Valentina a few times, but her moment came from the grappling. I wasn't expecting that. And it all started when Valentina, when she kind of had like a body-to-body and she wanted to throw her down, you know, to uh, get a takedown. And instead, she slipped, and and Talia Santos took her back and really, really made her pay. You know what I mean? So from that point on, we knew that if the fight hit the ground, Talia Santos could definitely handle herself there. Um, and not only did we have a moment, we had supplements. Like I said, a lot of people thought it was 3 nothing Talia Santos going into the championship rounds. I felt like it could be 2-1, um, and I'll give you guys the judges' scorecards in a minute, but what did you think early on when this thing was unfolding? Did it almost feel like Buster and Tyson-esque? Uh, a little bit. You kept – there were definitely room – there was definitely room for adjustments on Valentina's side, and I think fighter IQ might have come to pl- come into play here a little bit. I actually had her losing the first three rounds. So I thought she was in a lot of trouble. And um, <clears throat> I, I think I felt like she lost the fight. I'm a huge Valentina fan, but I really do feel like she lost that fight. I'm going to go back and watch it one more time. But, uh, you know, like, what do you expect from Valentina? Like, when, they, when she gets interviewed, she's going to say the thing she said. One thing she said was, hey, look, the biggest thing we should be looking at is damage and look at her. But... I mean, that came from a headbutt. You know what I mean? And I just don't know that she has that much of a leg to stand on here. This, this, uh, this to me was a bad call. Uh, Santos really, really surprised me, but I really feel like Valentina fought poorly. I think she's way better than that. And uh, I don't know what happened exactly in this fight, but there were just moments where I don't think she needed to really lock up with Santos. I think she just could have stayed on the outside and, and probably won somewhat of a boring decision. But I think, especially with the eye the way it was, she could have dotted that eye a little better. And I know that, uh, you know, being a lefty and all that, the stances weren't really matching up for something like that. But I just felt like she could have concentrated on that a little bit more. And um, she didn't. You know, it's a shame. Um, in the record book, it's going to look great because, you know, Valentina, you got to have her up on that Mount Rushmore now. Yeah, no doubt about that, man. She's definitely 
on Mount Rushmore. To go down as the GOAT, she needs for Amanda to take a fall, and she'll need to beat Amanda one one time, even though she'll still be one and two. Maybe she'll get a some sort of benefit from being the lighter weight class fighter. But Amanda's got two wins over her and two titles. So to take GOAT, that's going to take a lot. Mount Rushmore, got it, Valentina. Seven title defenses? She now left uh, Ronda Rousey behind. Ronda Rousey has six. Joanna and Jacek has five. So she's left them behind. Now, I would say my immediate round rush for is Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg, Valentina Shevchenko. And it's hard to not have Ronda Rousey there. Now, I know Joanna just said, talked about legacy and this and that. And, you know, she's probably. For greatest straw hey, hey, let me let me interrupt you. Okay. Uh, well, we're gonna pull the curtain back a little bit. We both had COVID, that's why George and I are split up. But George, you're so remember, so George is in California. He does he didn't even take his mic or nothing. He had no idea he was gonna get stuck there. But your mic is in your laptop, so whatever you're doing right now, like when you move it or whatever, okay. it's just like <laughs> so. You gotta Sorry kind of stay that. still or something. So go, go back to the 24-minute, and you might have to make some tweaks. So we'll go from Mount Rushmore talk. Um, my Mount Rushmore is Amanda, Chris, Valentina, and Rousey. Rousey because she's the OG, kind of like how Voice Gracie was. I know Joanna and Jacek was talking about a lot about legacy and things like that. She could have an argument for being the greatest strawweight ever because of her title reign. She's also 0-2 against Rose. That's a whole different argument. But, yeah, Valentina's on Mount Rushmore. Valentina Goat, that's a tough argument to make right now. She's 0-2 against Amanda, and Amanda's won two titles. So that's why Valentina has to get work, some work in as uh, in other divisions if she wants to measure up. But still, seven title defenses now puts her in the same category as Matt Hughes um, and Amanda Nunez and Jose Aldo. It's difficult, man. Like, I think uh, no matter what happens, you're always going to feel bad about passing over someone like Ronda Rousey. But it's just inevitable. You know, it's, it's exactly what you said. It, it's like the Hoist Gracie thing right like you know she was that for women's mma but <clears throat> women's mma has improved so much you know and there's different fighters doing different things and eventually she's just gonna slide out and i think i think it's happened i, I think she has slid out and um nobody nobody says that she wasn't a great fighter or she didn't do anything for the sport it's just the sport kind of grew it grew because of her her and fighters like Misha Tate, right? Like they're the ones that brought it up to the forefront. But from there, a different type of beast took over, and and girls like Rose Namajunas and and uh, Valentina Shevchenko have come around to, to I think legitimately prove that that they've just had better careers. Yeah, and you know Chris Cyborg goes has eleven title defenses. When you mm -hmm. add up Strike Force and Victor. <clears throat> UFC and Bellator, those are all major organizations. She's got 11 title defenses, so that's four more than Amanda, but she's got that head-to-head -head loss, bro. Like that, 
<laughs> That's big, man. And, it's and a, she, it was dominating. It was a thing. And she was only the featherweight queen versus Amanda's the bantamweight queen. And I guess a little – and she beat the featherweight queen, so – that's why I think it goes Amanda one, Chris two, Valentina three, and then Ronda Rousey four. Joanna would need Mount Rushmore to have five presidents to be the fifth president, unfortunately. What about Rose? Rose. So Rose has let me see how many title defenses Rose has. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Rose gets well she doesn't she doesn't get past Rousey. You don't think so? No, no, no. She does. She's only like eleven and five. Um, let's see here. Rose. Rose is probably the strawweight queen because she's got the. She's two and zero against Zhang Wei Li. She's two and zero against uh, Joanna and Jacek. She's one and one against Amanda Nunes or Jessica Andrade. She's zero and two against Carla. Unfortunately. But Rose, so the top light, sorry, the top strawweights are Joanna and Rose. Rose is two and zero against her. As far as title defenses, she has one, two title defenses versus Joanna's five. So Joanna has more title defenses, but she's zero and two against Rose. I'll take the two and zero and two title defenses over the five title defenses. Right. But Rose doesn't measure up to Ronda. Uh, Ronda had six title defenses. But look at Ronda's wins versus Rose's wins. Bro, 16 seconds, 13 seconds. I mean, she was just destroying, man. But it was a different time period in that sport. No, they kind of they, they fought at the same time. I mean, she was tail end um, and Rose was beginning. Um, but... The levels of, like, look at some of the girls that, that uh, Ronda faced. You know, like, that doesn't measure up against the monsters that get thrown at Rose Namajunas over and over and over again. Well, yeah, but it wasn't that far apart. And like I say, um, you know, Nisha Tate is going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, Kat Zingano is going to get a title shot coming up here soon. She blasted through her. She beat uh, Betch Cohan. That was probably a softball. All right, let me look it up. I still don't think you can dispatch a Ronda Rousey. She's just too great, and what she did, like you just can't leave her off. She's got, she's like Hoist Gracie, man. You, you girls are gonna have to smash her records. She's the she's the weak link. Don't get me wrong. She's number four. It goes Amanda, Chris, Valentina, and then Ronda. So Ronda's the exposed one. Someone can mm-hmm. go click and get her off. But you kind of you got to come with six title defenses. Her overall record is. 12 and 2, very respectable. And the way she just did it, I mean, she was smashing. But but who was she smashing? Uh, Misha Tate. Well, let's see here. She didn't smash her. She beat her. You know what? I forgot she had one title defense in Strike Force. So she actually has one, two, three, four, five, six. To be fair, six UFC title defenses. Seven major title belts. Uh, she smashed her the first time, kind of beat her in the first round. The second one went to the to round three, still won. She's uh, beat Carmouche in round one. Sarah, I mean, she's a, a major belt holder right now. Sarah Kaufman, she was a major belt holder at Strike Force. She beat Julia Budd, who had three title defenses at 
Bellator before going over PFL. Um, she beat Adian Gomez and Charmaine Tweet earlier in her career. Then Sarah McMahon, the silver gold medal or silver medalist, Alexis Davis, Kat Zinganu. Those aren't tomato cans, man. Mm, I don't know, man. I mean, look at the girls Rose lost to. A lot of those might end up in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Ronda had 12 wins and two losses. So Ronda's got one more win than Rose, 12 to 11, and three less losses than Rose. She's got seven major title defenses, six in the UFC alone. Rose only has two. I, I'm not understanding here how how the how Rose is even coming close. I think the level of competition is just way better. Like what Rose faced was way better than what Ronda faced. Where is the Alexis Davis on on Rose's record in the, during these title runs? Like where is that fight? I don't see it. I'm saying it was just monster after monster after monster for that girl. And uh, and if you don't give it to her now, you're going to have to give it to her soon. That's just the way it is. I mean, it's nuts. You want the Alexis Davises? Yeah. All right. You're going to have to go early in her career. Rose has been fighting gangsters. I'll grant you that. She fights Esparza. Zhang Wei Li, Zhang Wei Li, Jessica Andras, Jessica Andras, Joanna and Jacek, Joanna and Jacek. Michelle Watterson beat her. She lost to Karolina Kovacavich. She was 0-5 before she won a couple weeks ago. She did beat Tisha Torres. She's tough. Patreon Zant, there's your Alexis Davis. Angela Hill, there's another Alexis Davis. Um, You know, I just – she also lost to Tisha Torres. I mean, I – Rose needs a little bit of work. Rose has strawweight down. She's probably the greatest strawweight ever. Joanna mm-hmm. might have an argument, but I, I, I think Rose gets her with her 2-0 and o over her. But to get yeah. Ronda off of uh, Mount Rushmore, she needs a little bit more work. She could still pull it off. She's I think she's still young enough. Um, and she's a G for sure. But right now, next is going to be Zhang Weili for Carla. Joanna's already saying that Zhang Wei Li could beat Carla in round one. And of course, Joanna feels like she could beat Carla because she destroyed Carla. This is a different Carla altogether. Poor Carla's just going to get beat up, man, by the press and fans. Like she has no chance against anyone. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. For Rose to get back in there, she's probably going to have to take a fight. I don't know who that might be, but she'll probably have to take a fight. Now, if Zhang Wei Li becomes champ, Rose has beat her twice. Could she do it again? I don't know, because Zhang Wei Li looked exceptional on Saturday. She looked way better, which Hell is yeah. saying a lot because she was already really, really great fighter. She looked vastly improved. And Joanna never got going enough for us to even see if she had lost a step after being gone for two plus years. Remember, I kept saying, well, I think the effects of ring rust you'll see in the first round. Maybe she can win the next two. Who knows? Maybe she wins the first. But she could not get going. She was a step behind. Zhang Wei Li was just cracking. Zhang Wei Li took her down. Zhang Wei Li smashed her on the floor. Um, I mean, she just looked overall stronger than Joanna. Now, what shocked me was that Joanna retired because Joanna was selling us 
that she's back. She needed the rest, but here she is. She's revitalized. She signed a new contract, but little did we know that deep down she was hiding something, and that was that she, you know, everything kind of hinged on that first loss. If, if she won, she'd keep going, but if she lost, she was ready to call it a career. Says she's got a couple businesses. Says she wants to be a mom. I can respect that, but I think she's being a little harsh on herself because I think she just happened to run, run into a freight train, but I still feel like she's probably one of the top five strawweights in the world. Um, and I think she should have tried to hang around a little bit more. You know, I don't know. Like I say, I, I even after losing to Zhang Weili, this might sound ridiculous, but if Dana White goes, I'm crazy. Sorry, I moved the laptop. Is it all right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine. If Dana White were to go, I'm crazy. I want to have Joanna versus Carla Esparza. I may favor Joanna. I think I would too. Um, you know, look, I get it. You want to have kids. You have business businesses. But I'm telling you what, like some of these fighters that went through, uh, Dan Henderson's a good example. When Dan Henderson first started fighting, he didn't make that much money. But towards the end, them fights where we're all like, man, I think it's time for Dan to go or whatever, he was cashing huge paychecks at, at that time. And those huge paychecks are probably what what gave him that gigantic house and that big gym and all that. Like, I feel like you're right. Outside of just like the top two, Joanna's uh, a great fighter. She, she could still collect some paychecks along the way. She just signed a nice contract. I would say go back, just think about things, um, come back and just take a couple fights here and there. Like, you, you don't have to fight for titles. Yeah, see, that's some, the problem. I think her and Connor are <laughs> obsessed with being champions. Not only are they obsessed with being champions, they're just obsessed with the power of being number one, kind of being a shot caller. And the mm-hmm. fact that they're not, although Connor still you know, creates waves. Um, you know, that that's addicting to them. And when they can't do that, when someone goes, nah, dog, you got to fight Mackenzie Dern or Marina Rodriguez. I, I think for Joanna, like her world wants to come crashing down. Like, I mean, she's like, really? Do you know who I am? Kind of like that thing, like that type of thing. You know, if she could just get past that, you know, hey, we, we don't have room in VIP for you today, but I got a nice table for you, for you and Miss Dern. Let's do this. I'm telling you, if you beat Dern and Carla beats Zhang Wei Li, Dana White may make Joanna versus Carla if she's coming off a win because he already satisfied having to give um, Zhang Wei Li a shot, you know. And if Rose says, I'm sitting out for now, or if Rose fights the other one, Rodriguez or someone, and loses, like like I say, stranger things have happened. Um, you're right, man. Those are some big checks that are out there. What, what we don't know, and I'm trying to cover all the bases here, is does she wake up with headaches? Has she had you know concussion syndrome? She kept talking about the buzz that she felt from that spinning back fist that mm-hmm. landed, you know, and... I feel you, you know, if she's hiding something there and, 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 you know, there's something that really, really bothers her there. Okay. But she was saying some stuff that I tripped out on. Um, she said, I bought 
when I, now that I have all this money, I bought a nice place in Poland. And she goes, you know how many times I've slept there? She goes, like two or three times. Why? Because I'm always uh, doing stuff or whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Girl, I follow you. You've gotten your vacations in. You've been with family. She goes, I want to do stuff with my family. I see her with her sisters. She's done family stuff. She stayed away from American Top Team for a long time, whether she's in Poland or she's on the island. She did all that. Now she can do it again without having to worry about her weight and all that. I get that. But to me, it felt, it felt like the stuff that she now wants to do, she was doing. I, I feel like there's still that ego justification as to this and that and this and that. Goes, I'm even thinking she could come back, man. I, I was about to ask you that question. I agree. I think she will be back. And I don't even think she'll be away that long. I just feel like fighting is in her blood. I think she got a taste of what it's like to not fight for a while. I think she missed it. Um, the paycheck is nice. I think she'll be back. I, I think she will. And I, I think she should be back. Yeah, I mean, if she has globs of money, houses paid for, and a rich husband, I think she's got a boo now. But let's just say he's well off and they got that covered. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. But, um, you know, it seems like she, she keeps talking about she's proud about being a businesswoman and, and making and making some money and, and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, man, this this job is perfect for you. You know, she did say in, in some way she'd like to stay within the UFC as well, maybe work as a manager. She was throwing some stuff out there. But all I would tell Joanna is if she were to listen to this episode and, and feel like we're hating towards her, I'd go, first of all, you're outstanding. You're great. You're one of the greatest women MMA fighters I've ever seen. You captivated us. You made us love you, hate you, you know, um, with your antics, but you knew how to sell a fight. Your fights never sucked, and they were awesome. You did have a tough time dealing with losses. Sometimes there was a little blame here and there. I get it, but that's sometimes that's, these artists, these fighters are like artists, and sometimes artists are just bizarre individuals, you know, and sometimes they can't come to grips that, guess what? Someone outdrew me. Someone was just a better artist that night. But if we can get past all that, just know I still think she's an outstanding person. For her to actually, in her post-fight speech, thank the UFC staff for the sacrifices they make. You know, everyone's always going, Dana, Hunter, you know, what's your sweet number so I can blow you? It's always the, you know, Sean and Mick. Yeah, 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 they're great. They're great and they're rich. They do their job, you know, whatever. But, man, she had an excellent shout-out, so much that it even moved Megan Olivia. When Megan was interviewing her in the back, she was like, man, thanks for that shout-out. We really do make a lot of sacrifices. That that security team, the cut men, the, the producers, the directors, you know, everyone that travels all over the world to make this happen, they make a lot of sacrifices. They get paid good money. But I thought that was a great shout-out. So it shows what a great heart she has. Um mm-hmm. You know, so the big definitely the the good definitely trumps the bad, but there's some stuff every once in a while that that makes her you know a little bit of a ass hat at times, and that's why I'm like, stop it, stop it. I say that to a lot of fighters, honestly, stop it, all right, stop it, and that's just the way it is. There's probably a bunch of people that listen to the show and say, say that about me. I know I've seen it in the iTunes reviews. GG says this, he says that, he rants, he this. All right, cool. Nobody's going to be everybody's cup of tea, but she's awesome. I just think she needs to realize she's, she's one of the top three. She just ran into a freight train, but there's still fights for her. There's still a chance to be a champ again if she's got it in her. I think she's being too hard on herself. She's got some skills, man. You never know. I, I think it was you, actually, that said it. 
Luke Rockhold and Michael Bisping, right? Mm-hmm. Right time, right place. You never know what you what could happen. But you know what's not part of the recipe? And I'll say this forever, even though I've never stepped into the octagon or a cage or a, a ring, is two and a half years or, or two and one-fourth years off? That's not good. It's not good. Um, I think six months minimum when you need time off is plenty. But let's just say, hey, you really, really have like people that have wrestled since age five or Muay Thai since age five, and you need a year. I'm with you. I've seen some go even a little bit further, but man, I mean, she crept past two years. You know, you can't do that, man, and come back against Zhang Wei Li. You just can't. You know, Zhang Wei Li's, she's just as good as you. It took us three judges to figure that out in 2020, and she's just been getting better and not taking that time off. You know, someone needed to tell her that. Yeah. She'll be back, though. She'll be back. Connor will be back. You know, um, they they have that mentality. They love the fight. They love the spotlight. Then they have the ego. Connor's already kicking a bag. Um, he always seems to kick bags right around the time of the. He he gets inspired by watching pay per views, the big mm-hmm. fights, and then he likes to, you know. Um, Steal some thunder. Yeah, steal some thunder. What what did Rashad Evans call it? Spot blower. You know, he likes to be a spot not a spot blower. That's what Dominic Cruz was, was a spot blower. Uh when he said that DC doesn't study. A swagger jacker. That's right, a swagger jacker. Um Woody had another name for it. A uh what do you say? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it's a swagger jacker basically. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Nah, man, we're looking at Valentina. We're looking at Jerry Prochaska. Connor, you're the man, the most successful financial one to ever do it. One of a few champ champs. I'll tell it like it is, but lately you haven't been clicking on all cylinders, but you're still fun to watch. No doubt about it. You know, it's just you've taken some else. Let's just call it like it is. Put our cards out on the table. All right, enough of that. So I think we covered Talia Santos and Valentina, right? Did you want to hear how the judges had it? Sure. Okay, round one, Santos got the score from two judges. Valentina got the score from one judge. That surprised me a little bit. I thought Santos had done enough, especially with the fight reaching the ground. But okay. In round two, two judges gave it to Valentina. One judge gave it to Santos. In round three, all three judges gave it to Santos. Going into round four goes, Judge Howard Hughes had it 2-1 Santos. He had given Santos rounds one and three. Judge David Letheby had given all three rounds to Santos. Judge Clemens Werner, he had given um, two rounds to Shevchenko and one round to Santos. So he had Shevchenko going up, going into the championship rounds up 2-1. But the other two had Santos um, ahead. Now, remember, we had that orbital bone, right? Remember the orbital bone? Yeah. Okay. The orbital bone, the reason I bring it up is because once they started round four, if at any point, because it had been ruled an unintentional headbutt, 
if at any point they clashed heads, and then let's say Talia Santos did the old, like, oh, man, you know, whatever. Whether it was one second in the round four, 30 seconds in the round four, or whatever. If that fight had been stopped at that point, they could have went to the judges' scorecards. Why that's important is because of what I just told you. Two judges had Talia Santos up going into round four. Now, what's supposed to happen is they turn in the scores for judge for rounds one through three. The whole five minutes of round one, five minutes of round two, five minutes of round three has been adjudicated. But you're supposed to turn in a scorecard for round four. Even if it's only been 30 seconds or 10 seconds or a minute and a half or whatever, the judges are supposed to score that. And you can, because in 30 seconds, a lot can happen. Even in 10 seconds, a lot can happen. Even in a minute and a half, a lot can happen. However, what John McCarthy told us the other day was when we said, hey, John, wasn't round one of Esparza versus Dama Yunus a 10-10? He goes, yeah. He goes, that's pretty much the only time I would do it is when neither one does anything. He goes, however, he goes, if we get to a championship round of a fight that has an unintentional blow, and in that in the first 10 seconds or 30 seconds, not much has happened, he goes, I'm going to tell you how I scored one, two, and three, but when you ask me to judge round four, I may turn in the 10-10. That just stood <laughs> out to me, and that could have came into play. Why do I bring that up? Because a lot of people are always, open scoring, open scoring, that's going to solve everything. Gas prices, baby formula, you know what? No, man, open scoring could have screwed up a lot of stuff. It could have screwed up the Teixeira fight. It could have screwed up the, um, this, the Shashenko fight. If certain situations arose, you know, we had the blueprints for them. It didn't happen. But Talia Santos, honestly, if she was gassing on round four and somehow they butted heads or, or just got locked up and the, the doctor came in and said, can you see out of that eye? She goes, no. <laughs> then they would have went to the judges' scorecards. And I'm telling you, she may have been, there was a path there for her being champion. Mm-hmm. So, now that's a lot to happen. It's a lot of conniving that can take place or whatever. But as but think about how livid you would be as a fan, uh, as an opponent, if that happened, how fucking furious you would be. I know. I know. Stop already um, with Glover Tishari, knowing that he's up 3-1 on two judges' scorecards. If in round five somehow he got poked, I can't see, man. I can't see, was, you know, whatever. Then... You know, something could happen there too. It's it's or maybe you know, he just like, runs around for a round. Maybe he runs around two, for an entire round. Yeah, exactly. These two fights were perfect examples of how compelling each round it was. I remember in our watch along, we could say, "It could be three nothing. It could be two one. Anything can happen. This is the craziest thing ever." And then Glover and Yuri, same thing. We were on the edge of our seat. How are they going to score it, man? The fight's over. How do you have it? How does that guy have it? What's Twitter saying? What do you think goes? What's the chat saying? And then we all waited until Bruce Buffer came in and they had the split decision graphics and all that shit. Um, you know, we were on the edge of the seat and then he told, man, I love that. Why would you want to take that away? That could have possibly been ruined with open scoring. So this was a perfect argument for why we also don't like perfect scoring. Perfect I mean, open score. Open scoring can solve just a couple of problems but not all of them. Right. Um, as far as your Valentina, I remember when she went back to the corner and coach Pavel Fedotov was talking to her. 
I couldn't listen in, but I'm anxious to see if I can hear what he told her between rounds three and four and four and five. Because whatever he told her and she executed it, her winning those last two rounds won her the fight. Now, she wasn't going to win the one judge's scorecard that had a 3-0 Santos. That card was off to the side. But the other one, in rounds four, it was 10-9 Shevchenko. In rounds five, it was 10-9 Shevchenko. So the one guy that had Santos up 2-1 going into rounds four and five, he gave rounds four and five to Valentina Shevchenko. So it was 3-2 Shevchenko. Shevchenko with the comeback. And then the one judge that had it 2-1 Shevchenko going into round uh, five, he gave her... Four and five, so he added four one for Shevchenko. The guy that had it three nothing for Santos, he gave the other two to Shevchenko, so it wound up being three two. But Shevchenko got the job done. There's no robbery here, folks. There really isn't. Um, you'd have to stand. You'd have to feel really strongly about, I guess, Santos in round one and and her why she didn't get you know one of those judges' scorecards. I suppose if you have you know those feelings, but. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't see a robbery here. Uh, I don't see a robbery, but I, I, I thought Santos won. Well, what rounds did you give Santos? I'd have to go back and watch it again. But I actually, I, th- I think I, I remember thinking she could be down three rounds of nothing going into round four. Okay, well, that's what one of the judges had it. He had 10-9, 10-9, 10-9 for Santos. So if you had that, okay. And then I get what you're saying. Um, but round one, one judge did technically have it for Shevchenko. So that's how Clemens Werner saw it. I don't know. Now, media scores was about two to one Shevchenko uh, over Santos. There's probably here, I'm staring at about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I'm staring at about 20 Shevchenkos and about eight Santoses. So even the media seemed to... The most common score was 48-47 Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Um, she dug deep. She dug deep and she won. I thought Santos uh, had... Just I mean, had a great performance, honestly. Um, you, you would agree that the arena wasn't haunted, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of booing at the end of that fight. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, congrats to Valentina Shevchenko. That's her seventh title defense. And uh, at first she teased Bantamweight or Flyweight. Then I guess she kind of pulled back a little bit on Bantamweight. You know, now I would say let Amanda versus Juliana run its course. If Juliana beats Amanda... I think Valentina can walk into Dana's office and go, now I want Juliana. And because when you have seven title defenses and you've cleaned out your division, you can call your shots. I think if she were to say, guess what? I'm going to work with that Heather lady and the UFC PI staff. And I want to challenge Carla. Um, Dana White might go, we kind of have Carla versus Jean-Louis Lee, or maybe he can convince her or maybe not, or maybe she could win get the winner of Carla and Zhang Lee. I don't know. Now that I think about it, Valentina's pretty lean at 125. I don't know if there's an extra 10 pounds there. She told me she thought she could do it, but she was afraid that it could really, really um, hurt her as well. But, yeah, that was 
freaking six years ago, five years ago. So I don't know. I don't know what to say about that right now. However, I think that if Amanda's out of the way, she'd be interested in fighting Juliana Pena. She's 1-0 against Juliana Pena. Hell, I'm saying if she were to get granted a third shot at Amanda Nunes, she might take it. I think she could do to Amanda Nunes what Juliana Pena did, except I caught, I think Juliana Pena caught Amanda Nunes on a flat night, you know, and, and at that point, anyone could beat Amanda Nunes as flat as she was. I don't think it was anything Juliana Pena, special that Juliana Pena did. I've gone back and watched the fight, and she saw Wounded Duck, and she went after it. Props to her there. But Amanda Nunes just did not look prepared that night, man. She didn't. You never know. Every once in a while, a fighter will come across a random fighter that's just their kryptonite. Maybe Juliana's your kryptonite. Who knows? But I don't know. If you can remember this, the night that Pena fights Nunes, which I think is UFC 277, I think it's on July 30th. If Pena wins, you and Laura can both put pies in my face. I'll just eat that pie. That'll be my crow. But there's no way Amanda Nunes is going to lose to. Juliana Pena. And she's I mean, I got that bad that you're all going to go, oh, we get it. We saw what I see what Gigi saw. That just wasn't a man of news in that. I, I could almost believe that was an imposter. You could convince me of that. All right. I mean, I win either way. If I don't get to throw a pie in your face, I'm eating it. So I'm in. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the fight card was, you know, solid. So solid that they gave out a lot of, um, what do you call it? Bonuses. Everybody that got a finish goes got a bonus. So you had your fight of the night, which was Glover Teixeira versus Jiri Prochaska. Now, Jiri Prochaska also got a finish, but they said, no, 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 no. We're giving a lot of bonuses out. So we're going to give you 50 and Glover 50. And then the other bonuses went to Jake Matthews, Jean Lee, Jack Ma- uh, Della Madalena, Heiser, um, Mach- Mahashate and Silvana Gomez Juarez. The crypto bonuses of the night went to Valentina Shevchenko, Yuri Prochaska, Jean Wei Li. So they each get uh, they get paid in Bitcoin. <laughs> 30,000, 20,000, 1,000. I heard that if you get what they give you in Bitcoin, along mm-hmm. with a token, you can get on a subway in New York. So I think it took a it was a bloodbath right this past week. Yeah, man, I'm still you know I sound like a paper crypto where to come in and go. We're gonna sponsor you. I probably go all right, cool. I'm just not sold. Maybe I need to sit down with a crypto expert or whatever. But I'm I still don't know what it means. I still you know what it seems like to me goes is remember Disney money. Yeah. And you could use it in Disneyland? Well, at least Disneyland ex- existed. You could say, hop in the car. I'm going to drive you down to Harbor and Catella. And then as we're driving boy- by, you could point and go, see that mountain? That's Disneyland, you big dummy. I you know. Oh, Bitcoin to me sounds like if you were to show me, if we were to go over to Caltech and we were to get that strong telescope and you were to go, you see that little speck out there in the galaxy? That's um, that's Gozville. It's a new planet. That's where you can use Bitcoin. That's what this feels like. Like you, you know, like the, you might have it, but what can you do with it? To me, uh, that's what it just feels like. Play money, George. At graduation, grad night, we all went to Disneyland, and 
you know that little uh, Tomorrowland uh, where they would have like a band that pops up and starts singing? There's like a burger thing there. And they had ran out of change. And they tried to give my buddy Disney bucks instead. <laughs> and he was not having that, dude. They were like, it's just like money. It's like, bitch, I ain't coming back anytime soon. Like, I can't be walking around with Disney bucks in my wallet. You might exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I might as well just invest in a stock. Now you can invest in Bitcoin at 30,000. And if it moves up to 60, apparently you can go, now I'd like to sell it. And then you'd make 30,000. I get that. But I just feel like you're buying a stock, man. This digital currency, when people are, you know, once it's acceptable at Walmart, Apple, Home Depot, you know, like those major, major chains, Starbucks, I guess, and it has that type of value, then I think I'm I, I'm, I'm bound to listen more. But these bonuses, I'd rather them just have sponsorship, man, um, because they're voted on by the fans. For crying out loud, Rose Nama Yunus got one at the last one. She <laughs> lost and fought in the most boring, one of the most boring fights ever. Why did she deserve it? It's just a popularity contest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, those were your bonuses. Then Jake Matthews was a stud. Andre Fialio, the, the striker, got outstruck by Jake Matthews, the grappler. Jake Matthews was precise. He, I, I, I didn't expect him. I didn't expect him his striking to be that much better um, than I remember it. And he looked so slick. He knocked him out, and then he just had this little shrug, like, you know, what's the big deal? Respected Jake Matthews since he's gone up to one seventy. He's uh, definitely taking the next step up. But big, big win over Andre Fialio, who fought four times in twenty twenty two. He may be able to look back and go, oof, I may have overplayed my hand. Jake Matthews is now 4-1 and one in his last uh, five fights. And since he's come back to welterweight, he's 8-2. and two. Um, Now, granted, right before this fight, he, he was coming off that Sean Brady loss. But still, 8-2 is pretty damn impressive. So good on Jake Matthews. And again, his, his striking just is, is on another level right now. The first fight on the main card was uh, Jack Della Madalena, who defeated Ramazan Emiev. Huge, huge win for Madalena. Boy, did he work that body. Goes two, two big shots to the body, and Emiev just crumbled, man. Like, just <laughs> folded. Left, he just snuck that left to the body right underneath his defense. Like Julio Cesar Chavez, it was beautiful. Joshua Kulabao defeated uh, Song Wu Kui. Split decision win for him right there. Kula Bao uh, did not respect Choi's stand-up. He tasted some of it, and he was like, that all you got? Well, here's mine. Good for him. Uh, Mahashat defeated Steve Garcia, KO Punch in the first round. Brendan Allen defeated Jacob Malkoon. He got a decision win there. Uh, kind of controversial. A lot of people felt, including myself, that Malkoon had done enough to win 2-1. But whatever. I'm not too upset over it. Kang Q Ho. Defeated Donna Batkare. I thought Batkare had done enough, but I'm also not going to put up a big argument. And I feel terrible because I had given Donna and Choi um, as strong picks, according to the Sharps, but can't win them all. Silvana Juarez, man, the punch that she threw at Liang Na was incredible. First round finish there, and then Jocelyn Edwards and Ramona Pasquale. 
I don't want to see you fight again unless you start to fight with baseball bats. Um, that was basically UFC 275 in Singapore. I think they had about ten or 11,000 people it was sold out, $1.5 million gate. They were bragging about it. David Shaw, the UFC international president or whatever, he went out of his way to punctuate that. Um, the crowd seemed into it, very respectful. They said a lot of Aussies came down. And uh, overall, just a, a, a show that delivered. It started at 7 a.m. goes that first fight with Jocelyn Edwards and Pasquale, 7 a.m. And mm-hmm. um, so the fighters had to get they had to get up at five, man. Fight at seven. Uh, but what did you think overall? I thought I I didn't think it was going to be that good of a card. I thought it over delivered. I thought it was great. Yeah, me too. I was stoked. I was buzzing. I, I, I even got some uh I worked a little bit on spinning back click and, and I worked on the rankings a little bit. So I'm gonna see if I can put rankings away now so I can kinda like kinda get that off my plate, at least if I can get back to Vegas tomorrow. Um then maybe I can do the back end. Otherwise I might have to ask Matt Wells to help me out with that. He'd help me out with that last week. But yeah, so as Goes was saying Technically, we both had COVID last night. When did you turn? When did you test negative? Yesterday or today? Today. Oh, today was your first day too. Yeah, as negative. Mm-hmm. Okay, so both Goes and I were negative today. Unfortunately, our mom was positive. That bugged out. Honestly, Laura had her second negative. Goes got negative, I got negative, and we were all pretty much together. So I thought we were on the same timeline. So it really bummed me out that we went, we didn't go four for four. I was telling Jules that her reaction when hers was still positive was like a kid at Christmas that just didn't get a gift. You know, hey, we've given out all the gifts, and then that one person goes, "Well, where's mine?" Like it, it broke my heart. So I'm praying that she's negative tomorrow. I would like to bounce back and have a negative tomorrow, and I would love for my dad to have his sixth straight negative test tomorrow as well. I've been testing him every other day. But I want to tell you guys, a lot of you have reached out with well wishes for me, my brother, my mom, Laura. It means the world to us. Um, Hasn't been fun for sure. And luckily, a lot of us were able to just fend it off at home. You know, no hospital trips or urgent care, thankfully. And hopefully we won't have long-lasting effects. And to anyone that's ever been through this, I guess you can all relate. Some of you may have gotten milder versions. Some of you may have gotten rougher ones. But, man, it, it really it really does suck. It's the uncertainty of it all more than anything. And then the isolation, that's that's no picnic either. Um, I'm trying to save others, you know, from, from them getting it. I don't want to give it to my dad. I mean, I just don't. So I'm trying to keep him away as well. I agree with everything you said, but I'm going to add one more part to it. Maybe it's evil. Maybe it's not. But I'm taking names. I'm writing them down. Because Junkie Nation came pretty strong. Friends came pretty strong. Family, not so much. And I know a lot of family members that have gotten this that I personally have checked on. But I did not get that back. And it was... Were they aware uh, that you got it? Yeah, and a lot of used people uh, did come through to the point where I was like, man, these people are pretty legit every day asking how we're doing, how's everybody doing? And uh, it really made me think of 
a couple turkeys out there that that might uh might get a cold shoulder here and there. I I have a similar personality. I can be very vengeful as well. And then there's times where I try and just go, eh, whatever. You know, we're all we're all just built different, dude. Um and and it sucks because a lot of time one if you feel pretty good about yourself, you think, Well, why can't everyone be like me? You know, you're right. Just it's so easy nowadays. And honestly, let's just sit let's let's not give everyone a bailout. DMs and texts, it's easy because you don't have to engage, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, a phone call is not that tough, man. A phone call only lasts 45 seconds, a minute and a half. It's only if you want to take it to the next level and go, hey, put that aside, man. How have you been? Then hey. yeah, sure. At that point, it could be more. I get that, though. I get looking at a, a number on your phone and going, man, this could either be three minutes or an hour. You just never know. But text and DMs saves you from all that mess. It's so easy, dude. Yeah, it does. Um, anyway, so thanks, Junkie Nation, for putting up with the less than stellar audio for hanging out with us for the fights the other night. Sorry we threw you off. I know we said 10 Eastern. 7 p.m. Pacific. We popped in at 8 Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I was drenched in sweat. Um, and those and I, sometimes we were synced up, and then other times we had to work on it or whatever. But uh, either way, it was still fun. And, and th- that man goes, those three fights is why I love covering this sport. I think that's the best way I can sum it up. Like, seriously, man. It, I was just like, Wow, I was blown away. I, I would have loved if those fights were at the Mandalay Bay and we all stumbled out of Mandalay Bay, whether you were press or fans, and then to have gathered at the sports book like the old days with the drinks flowing. I probably would have hung out till three or four just talking about all this with everyone, you know. So what's next for Glover? Should it be Jan and Yuri? Should it be Yuri and Glover? Do they run it back? Valentina, who's your Mount Rushmore? Big Mouth? Oh, man. You know, and then just this and that and going over it. Joanna will be back. Oh, yeah, no, she won't. Oh, man, I would have loved to have just talked that through, you know, with a lot of other junkies because I, I was on Cloud9. And with COVID, I was on Cloud9. Yeah, totally. All right, folks, we're out of here. Um, see you all this week. We'll have another show, and we're going to do spinning back click, and we'll start cranking out some interviews. So thanks, as always, for your support. We'll talk to you soon. Go out there and be a champion. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.